Hi, it's Clint and Lyndon. Welcome to Shove It Up Your Arwen. As always, our opinions are our own and should be taken with a pinch of salt. At the sound of the Arwen cow, enjoy the episode. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Shove It Up Your Arwen. Um, I'm one of your hosts. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Clinty Sky Guy. Oh, my name's Clinton. Or Clint. Oh, sorry. Go on, your turn. Nailed it. Yeah. Um, and I'm your other host, I am Lyndon, and you can find me on Instagram at Pilgrim in the Mist. Yeah. And we're back for season two. Season two. <clears throat> um, sorry, I've been laughing too much. Let me have. And you'll hear sniffs from Lyndon as well, because he's full. So, yeah. it's. <laughs> um, yeah, so today's episode is... Um, Courtesy of a comment that we got on our website yes. <clears throat> uh, from somebody who requested a little bit of information about our journey. And we thought as we started season one with like getting to know your hosts, we'd continue that trend for season two. So you're going to get to know a little bit more. Um, this is either going to be a really popular episode or it's going to be really dull. <laughs> but um, I think it'll be all right. I think um, it'll be good. So have you got a magical moment before we start? Yes, many. <sighs> many. Well, we only want one. I know. Many. 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 No, many. Many they Pretty. are. <clears throat> um, we oh, are legion. Just one. Just one. Uh, greedy git. Okay, so the most recent <laughs> one is I got uh, chalk blessed for epiphany. Oh, yeah. And then I uh, inscribed it with a lintel on my door. Um, the year and the initials of the three magi, or the three wise men. Did so, you do it on epiphany on the 6th oh, I did oh, yeah because you got the chalk done on that yeah I'm being I thick. did I'm being really so thick. that's the most recent one but there are many <clears throat> others that I had throughout December that were lovely you, what what I had many magical moments through December oh through December yes ah. yes how about you I thought you said something about Simba and my brain went to Lion King so I was just like <laughs> today is very difficult um yeah so um oh now I'm on the spot I did have one and now I can't remember any of them. Great. Oh, that's shite, isn't it? Oh, no, no, no. I've had loads of magical moments. Yeah, same. So, um, <clears throat> so there's some weird stuff going that seems to have just manifested from nowhere. Um, the the biggest one lately was that uh, Ema Burke got in touch. Yes, she did. And I was like, hey, uh, what the hell? Um, so, yeah, that was quite a magical moment um, because I was kind of putting work together <clears throat> for January and um, I've been working on um, prayers and stuff and, and things like that and trying to organise and orchestrate my magical practice which I don't know I think people might turn around and be like well that's not really a magical moment but then like the mundane aspects of magic are just as magical so like my organisation bit and you know ordering books and getting information together and I've, like <clears throat> the recent thing with the you're right, you just yeah. put yourself in the no, face. No, no, no. Well, yes, but no. <laughs> I've got a bad neck, and I just moved my neck, and it twinged. Oh, bless. Um, you'll be all right, love. I will. You'll be all right. But yeah, I'm going to be interviewed by Ema Burke on the Obod YouTube channel. Fantastic. Fireside chat with Ema. Fireside chat with Ema Burke. Amazing. And um, I have no idea what to expect, so I'm just going to do it and have a laugh. Specify. Just take the mic. Yeah. Which is what I do on here. So I'm sure I'll be all right. You'll be fine. Yeah, I'm not worried. Um, I listened to some of the others, actually lots of the others, and I was just like, oh, 
Okay. He's literally just a fireside chat. Yeah, literally. And there's like stock questions as well. So, I'm like, all right. Yeah. But yeah, that was quite interesting because I was working on um, <clears throat> reciprocity prayers and developing like this like back and forth thing. So I was at um, Stanick Lakes, which is only down the road from us, um, doing Yule there and did a um, drumming all night, <laughs> ended up with frostbitten toe, drumming all night. And then we did a, a firelight procession around the lake. Oh, and cool. we did a ritual on the land there at the Barrow and at the, at the lakeside, which was absolutely amazing. So Yule was really, really cool. And then from then, things have just kind of escalated and, and gotten really big and exciting. But I think the most exciting thing before anything else is the Ema Burke stuff. So it's it's weird how like the magic I've practiced has actually manifested like other things. It's been quite fun. Quite funky. That's good. Yeah. That was two. Was it two? I only got to say Oh, one. I'm sorry. Do you want to add another one? Add no. another one. No. Go on. No. Go on. I potentially healed a work colleague. <gasps> wow! Go on. How? With chalk. With the power of prayer. The power of prayer. Uh, Did you Sans. only use prayer? Oh, Sans. Sans. Yeah, so just prayer. She was, yeah. <laughs> so she was, she phoned in sick for work. She'd come down with a real nasty bug. Yeah. And I took her picture. Bear in mind, this, I didn't have her consent to do any of this. <gasps> Non-consensual okay. magic. Non-consensual That's very Christian. magic. Very Christian. Um, yes, I think so. <laughs> um, took a photo into, this sounds a bit dodged, but this is at work. So I took a picture into the toilet. <laughs> you are gay, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, and uh, and in the Charmer Salter, I um, I flicked through because I've got like a section on like healing. Mm. So I found the applicable um, passage and I chanted that over her picture for a little bit and then hung a picture back up and whatever. And lo and behold, the next day she said uh, she felt absolutely fine. The sickness had left her and she was great. Wow. Cool. So I can't really claim too much credit. No, I claim all the credit. Because, Nobody else is going to do know, it, so you fucking do it. God worked through me, but, you know, I like to think I'm a... Persona Christi. I'm a... Uh, whatever. Conduit potent for the Holy vessel. Spirit. A potent vessel. Yes. Uh. In many other ways as uh. well. Ah. Uh, yes. You really are full. Yes. <clears throat> so, yes. So what are we talking about today? Uh, the, our journey. Yeah. So, because um, I kind of realised something. Mm. That, like, we introduced ourselves in season one and loads has changed. It has. <laughs> like, Lots. loads and loads has changed. And um, so, just for comparative, you are now practically Catholic. Yes. And my Druidry has kind of just, like, shot through the roof on the other side as well. Um and although we're never going to change the name and it's always going to be shoved up your Arwen, our paths have like really kind of defined and not split, but taken parallel kind of directions. We're still moving in the same direction, I think. Yeah. Together so. as friends and as, you know, um, practitioners and everything and as spiritual people. But we tread very different paths. Although we weren't that, weren't really that similar when we started this. No, not um, at all. I think we've just had a chance to further define what we do. The only difference was that we both classed each other as druids. Yeah. That was it. But our druidry was extremely different. Our druidry was very, very different. For one, you were monotheistic. I'm having issues with my clothing. Okay. <laughs> getting, right. Are you okay, dear? I'm getting... Take it off. Take it off. 
Okay, okay, oh. come. Oh. <laughs> Are you right, dear? Yes. All right, love. I'm better now. <laughs> All um, better. All better. So you just need to show it like this. Look. Poppers. Poppers. Yes. It's grand. The lazy man's button. The lazy man's button. I don't want to do it again now because I feel uncomfortable. Um, You've gone bare-breasted to me and now you're covering yourself up. Bare-breasts. Bitty. <laughs> Nana bitty. <laughs> uh. So, okay, so if you were to give yourself a label yes. today, um, thinking back on what you would have described yourself back then, what label would you use today? To describe or, or to describe your, you and your practice or what series of um, labels Okay, would you so use? I class myself very much as a Catholic charmer. No? I love that. Thanks. I love that so much. Oh, wow, well, thank you. You're very welcome. Y'all are so kind. That that just sits so well within the work I'm doing at the minute, and it's so cool. Look great. Cool. I'm pleased for you. No, no, it's great. Cool. Um, so, yeah, so I view myself very much as a Catholic charmer. Um, I love... Yeah, I just, I love... I love being a Catholic. I think it's lovely. Even though I'm not technically one of them yet. That will come later. Soon. Soon. Soon, and I'll be like another one lost to the church, and I'll cry in a corner, bereft, no, no, covered in won't. black with a veil on. Let's not pretend you have emotions. No, we treat emotions like children. Know, children, they go in the choking. Yes. Um, so yeah, so uh, not technically one yet, but I'm I'm heading I'm heading there, and then um, and the charm of bit is like looking at my practice and what I want to do. There are some discrepancies with what we could technically describe a charmer as. Like, the cunning eh. folk would have been people that did both baneful and good work. They would have put curses on people and then taken payment to remove the curses by the victims. They <laughs> worked with a lot of spirits. There was a lot of psalms and things like that, etc., etc., etc. So, um, but the biggest thing with a cunning man or a cunning woman was payment. I'm not looking for payment. Um, so that kind of negates me, although I could, like it's a minor detail. But no, it is a minor detail. Um, and like the curse bit, like you only ever cur you only ever use a curse when you have a need for one. So just well, because you haven't yeah. found a need um, for it, yeah. Charmers <clears throat> were similar, but they didn't deal with spirits per se. So they did charms and psalms and yeah. the other bits and healing and stuff like that and all the good blessings and things, but they didn't deal with spirits. No, that would be a conjurer. Yeah. yeah. So um, I will be dealing with spirits. I don't think. So even then, the charm doesn't fully apply, but it's probably the best fit for me. Yeah. Because I think so. the magic I do is um, secular, I suppose. And like a lot of old like Catholic stuff, anyway, that while we can look at from an outside lens and say, that's magic to a Catholic, it's not magic. But it's then, just like, spiritual practice. You're talking about, like, so you've got charmer. Yes. Catholic. Yes. Where does the spirit bit come in? To the Catholicism? I suppose, yeah. Yeah, so that fits in the Catholicism. So it yeah. doesn't need to fit into the charmer bit. Exactly. The charmer bit is to describe your secular practice. Yes. And the Catholic bit is to describe your spiritual practice. Exactly. Yeah, so you're so, a Catholic charmer. There you go. Yeah, yeah, see, so you're, you're good, good at this. You've nailed it. Well, I don't you know. know. How about you? Um, probably uh, Druid Sorcery. Nice. Yeah. Um because, of course, my religious and spiritual approach is druidic. Um, but my practice is definitively sorceress. Mm. I don't do very much secular magic at all. Um, and when I do, it 
still very often ties into spirit work or or it's linked in some way to some sort of um animistic spirit um and the sorcery aspect is generally how i would describe the medium by which i do that spirit work as mm -hmm. opposed to you know and the druidry is the thing that drives that work so yeah so the sorcery part is a good way maybe to describe the the tools and and practices of doing the druidry nice yeah hmm. yeah i like it yeah kind of cool kind of cool and there's a bit of crossover same with you um because there's a little bit of um goetic stuff in there really in its kind of um so there, there's an idea that you know they'll be summoning um spirits or there'll be a lot of um traveling to different like astral traveling or, or trance traveling and, and stuff like that but it still kind of then fits within a sorcerer and sorcery framework mm -hmm. um whereby it's about opening gates and creating spaces and opening gateways into to do backwards and forwards transactions um, but the Druidry is the reciprocation and the, the reciprocal work and the gauging of relations with spirits and such. So, you know, the spirit art is the sorcery, the spirit work is the... Because you're approaching things differently, don't you? You're not looking to bind spirits to your will and command them. No, which would be like them. quite specifically goetic, like something yeah. you'd find in the Golden Dawn and stuff. However, I would um, use sorcerous arts, which are like those things you'd find in the Goetia to open portals to however then my druidry would step in to how i would then interact yeah. so my interactions are spiritual but my actions are sorcerous nice yeah it's kind of cool i'm quite liking this kind of like definitioning definitioning defining defining there we go there we go that's, that's the, the real word there somewhere <laughs> you just peel it back you're like ah there it is under the bullshit um yeah the defining of practices and i think there's a lot to be said for labels i know there's people out there who just i love this when people go i don't believe in labels and my brain instantly goes are you one of those people oh yeah. oh a label oh how funny um yeah but i quite like labels uh, <clears> because <throat> if you don't use them somebody will put one to you so you well... might as well yeah, I'm sure it can work for some people. <clears throat> to me, I think it's dangerous because then you just end up either taking bits from everywhere, mm. which isn't great. That's appropriation. That is appropriation. Um, or you end up, I don't know, just a kind of a bit of a, in my opinion, like a misguided thing. Mm. I think you have to be, uh, I mean, on top of what I've just said about labels, you have to be flexible with them. Mm. You have to know where they're appropriate. Like to, to a muggle audience, I would describe myself as pagan. To a pagan audience, I would describe myself as a druid. Yeah. Because a pagan audience is going to know. Yeah. Whereas a muggle audience, if I say druid, they're going to be like, what? Is that Dungeons and Dragons? You know? Yes. And I'm going to be like, you know, are you, a are you like, are you like a cosplayer then? And I'm like, oh, fuck's sake. So you describe it like to a muggle yeah. audience, you describe yourself as pagan. Then if they press the issue, then you further define yourself as a druid. Well, I do anyway, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, but. So you have to be able to use those labels flexibly. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, I think as well, when you get people who don't like labels, but then... What am I trying to say? Because I've heard people before... I know. 
What am it's I trying like to say? Wading so, through let me just a sea open of your, porridge. Let me just open your skull and have a look. <laughs> um, when you get people, because I've heard it before, people that don't, they don't like labels. They like to, you know, oh, I, I do, I just do me. I just do me. It's like, oh, okay. And the, yeah, but then I've heard them do. use things like, oh yeah, but you know, I, I do witchcraft. I do this. I do that. Okay, but you don't identify as a witch. So, and I think there's certain words carry certain weight. And I think if you, to you as a person, if you don't identify with labels, you don't necessarily respect the weight of that word. No. But for certain people in certain communities, words have meaning and they have power. Yeah. So I think if you don't want to have a label, fine, whatever. Um, you should then make it your point to understand the weight of the words around you uh, yeah. so that you don't use them or misappropriate them or use you know. them correctly definitely exactly exactly yeah, yeah definitely definitely um because i think they get thrown about and bandied about too much um which is why i think there's been space for this i don't believe in labels crap well it's not crap you can, you don't have to believe in labels but i think there has to be a level of respect for those people who do use them because you may not know that person could have very well earned that label. Yeah. You know, if I turned around after doing the DP work and the, um, the like clergy double penetration, work, double penetration work, that's the one, um, no, uh, dedicant path and all that work through ADF and then turned around and said, I'm a Druid priest and somebody questioned it. Well, I'm a priest then. And I'd be like, oh, no, no, I'm, I mean, I am a priest because I've got a crescent moon on my forehead. Yeah, like I've done this and I paid £400 for a course. And I'd be like, okay, well, I didn't pay £400, so mm. thank you. But um, And I appreciate the work you put in. But I've just spent the last five years studying this and got this. And so within the context of my own druidry, I'm a priest through that work. So please don't, you know, please don't bandy that label around as if, yeah. you know, without the respect of you know, appreciating that the person who's just used it in front of you has put a lot of time and effort and work into it. Yeah. And that goes both ways, obviously. Oh, agreed. Um, you see it all the time. People <laughs> use words that they don't fully understand. Them. It's like um, people are quite happy to use words like devotee. Oh, I'm a devotee of whatever goddess. Are you though? Because you've only been worshipping her for like a week. Yeah. Is that really a devotee? Come back yeah. when it's been like four years and you're still interested. Then mm. you're a devotee. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I like about the dedicant program. The dedicant program, you're not a dedicant. You you are studying the dedicant program. Yeah. Is it that way or is it... There's kind of a little bit of like, you know, leeway because you can be somebody studying it who... Oh, no, that's it. Um, yeah, a person is only a dedicant when they've completed the dedicant program. Yeah. Until then, you're a half keeper okay. because you're, you're keeping the half of something you believe in, which is not less than a dedicant but, you know, doesn't have the work attached to it. Well, it's about dedication, isn't it? Exactly. Dedicate. So you're exactly. proving your dedication and the to point, the path. Yeah, the point in the dedicant path is that at the end of it, you do an oath. Yeah. Which then makes you the dedicant. Once you've done your oath, you're a dedicant. You know? I've said that so many times, it sounds weird when say I say it. Say one more time. Dedicant, dedicant, Oof. dedicant, dedicant. <laughs> Oof. 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 Anyway, so we've talked about labels now. And that wasn't part of the episode. But, that was not. Um, it was not. Never mind. Um, so, yeah, so, so now you're a Catholic yes. charmer. Yes. Darling. Yes. Catholic charmer. I love this. I'm going to add that to our um, website. Anyway, off topic again. Okay. Um, Catholic charmer. How did you get from season one host to season two Catholic charmer? Don't know. Next. 
It's literally been a year. <laughs> it has. Um, literally oh. just been a year. What's happened in this last year? So you much. found Jesus. So much. <laughs> oh. He was hiding under the settee okay. all that time. So, um, good lord, what a thing to unpack. Um, you don't have to unpack it completely. Just a couple of socks. No, if we're going to do it, <laughs> we're going to do it right. <laughs> Why did you just go like that? I don't know. I don't know. It came out. I don't know. It came out. Just kind of happened. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The yeah. spirit moved me. To, to be Yorkshire. From, to be from Yorkshire. <laughs> um, okay. So, I had... God, Jesus, where do I start? Oh, God, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, God, Normally, Jesus. that's where you start. That's where it yeah, starts. That's where it started. Okay. So it's that episode where you said about Rich's immortal soul. That's what started it, isn't it? Not no, joking. Probably. <laughs> um, so I had. I was. You buying... need to finish this sentence. I know my brain is going said, everywhere. Every time you've said "I've had," my brain goes oh, wank. So please finish it. <laughs> okay. So I bought. I was buying loads of books, um, and had been like buying loads of books. That's not changed. Don't. Shake your head at me. Um, so I was buying loads of books and I had a collection of books and there were a few books I didn't get. Um, one of them was The Charm of Salter. Yeah, I, I did this. not understand the Psalms at all. I didn't understand their spiritual significance. I read them and I was like, well, that doesn't apply to anything. Just words, mate. What are you talking about? So... Fuck you and your magic. It's just words, mate. Your fucking uh. Jesus fucking shit. <laughs> so I... Um, Oh, it's going. It's going. It's going. Yeah. yeah. We Sorry. break. We break. Um, yeah, so uh, so I struggled to learn the Psalms and understand what they were for and what they meant and how it applied and whatever. And then um, I started going to church uh, in my own time, um, not with anyone else. And then, uh, yeah, it just kind of, kind of crept in from there, really. And then uh, that was it. That was it. That was it. Um, yeah. So it all kind of came from the charm of Salter. Yeah. That was cool. And that was it. That was it. And what about you? Um, I'll just pause for just a moment. Yes. I think the Matrix has changed something. It's a really strange sense of deja vu. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, so, what about me? So... Yeah, I was kind of in a really weird place whereby my my practice was really fractured and um, I was trying to figure out the gods and I was trying to figure out the spirits and I was kind of like being pulled in lots of different directions. Like there were lots of Christian directions pulling me and, and I didn't like that because that's just uncomfortable and there's trauma there. Um, so, um, yeah, it's it's kind of been a case of... so. Many, many years ago, I had a quite a definite practice whereby it was influenced by um, Thelema. So I was studying Thelema, I was studying the Golden Dawn, I was studying this, I was studying that, I was doing the Obod course, uh, I was doing all these things. Um, and I kind of got to a point where I was just like, right, I've got to step away from all of it and, you know, define my Druid practice. He better knows, I think. Yeah. You've got a blanket. Got my, got my knee blanket. Got your on. blanket over your knees. I'm, I'm content. Aww. Um, see, this is why we're friends. Because we're literally little old ladies. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. And um, so, 
What was I saying? Thelema. Oh, that was it. Yeah. So I had all these practices and it was just getting quite confusing. And they all have different doctrines and theologies and all the rest of it. Yes. So um had to strip that away because I was going, well, I just want to be a druid. I just want to practice druidry. Um, and I'm quite animistic and I'm a hardcore polytheist. So it, it made sense to define that. Um, so I did all this, had a bit of a dark night of the soul, kind of turned it all off. Um, turned it all back on again and stepped into Druidry kind of like full time, found ADF um, and got ADF. So then when we started doing the podcast, mm -hmm. I was in this kind of middle space whereby um, I'd got all these things kind of vying for, you know, control. I had I had this course going, I had that course going. I was looking at Ellen of the Ways, I was looking at her and I was looking at, you know, I had... Um, history with Dionysus and Nyx from the days mm -hmm. of the Lima and Goetic magic. And, um, you know, there was there was all this that, that came along and I was trying to organise it and strip it out and sort it all out. So in the meantime, I've now discovered like Robin Artisan, um, Pearson, is that his name? Yes. Pearson. Um, I've been reading things from Troy books like uh, the Gnome Manuscript and loads of other things. Um, so Robin Artisan is quite good because his work is based on some Elizabethan magic, which, although it's now like fairy sorcery, um, in his like way of delivering it, I know his influences because I've studied the things that he's studied. You know, I found in the Book of Oberon only last week, some of the sigils and names that he's used in one of his books. And I was like, that's where it comes from. And I knew it from somewhere. Yeah. I just had to find it. So now I'm in this really cool place whereby I've got this groundwork and I've managed to strip away all the things that don't work for me anymore. However, the praxis that I've learned from those things is influencing my current working. And um, now I'm able to just fill it with the spiritual aspects of Druidry. So I can be animistic. Um, all these things in podcasts lately about um, working with the land around you rather than, you know, I think you have this with... Um, you know, the the charm of Salter, if you're not Catholic, why are you using it? Yeah. It's still a living practice. So join or don't use it. And I, I that's a bit strict and a bit gatekeepy, well, but I kind of no, am kind of the same you way. You can't point the finger of appropriation and then appropriate something else. I think there's this misconception with, I think people seem to think it's okay to do it with Christianity. Because I mean, let's face it, Christianity kind of did it with most of the world. <laughs> But yep. that doesn't make it right. You can't... It's the same as me... And again, suddenly, deja vu. Uh, me <laughs> saying, I'm going to use a Native American healing prayer. Because, yeah. you know, the words carry power and whatever. I'm not Native American. I'm, I have no links or lineage to that. So, all right, you may have Christian... Uh, members of your family and you may have been dragged to church when you were young if you don't worship god why are you using songs to praise god and call on god's power exactly why are you um worshiping and working with the the man in black and um you know the the folkloric devil and then all of a sudden whipping out a saint statue for a quick prayer every yeah, yeah i don't get it no no it's just weird and that's fine if you want to do it i just think you need to kind of you need to think about what you're doing because in a sense it's appropriating 
Christian faith and Christian culture and the methods that Christians use to get things done, you know, or Catholics or whatever. Um, these are spirits at the end of the day. And just as much as I'm not going to go to my local park and start banging on a Native American drum and contact the spirit of beer, like, but I'm not going to do that. At no point in my life am I going to do that because it is completely disrespectful and rude. Lyndon. Hello. Do that again. What, my Chakotay <laughs> Chakote. I'm just not going to do it. So, because those spirits are going to look at me and think, who is this yeah. Christian idiot that's calling on us? It's just, no. no. So, why would someone who aligns themselves with, like the man in black or the folkloric devil or just will sit there and say i you know i i don't work i don't work with gods i only work with spirits but here's a statue of saint michael oh uh, yeah and so i'm gonna pray because surely saint michael's gonna look at them and go no no so my journey's kind of gone the same way because um rather than work with all these gods and goddesses um i kind of just as a hardcore polytheist which i mentioned this um I've I see each god and goddess as a god and goddess, even the Christian god, even Jesus. Yes. And you know, when I turn up at a church and light a candle, because that's just respectful. You're in someone's house. Yes. You know, if you're a guest at someone's house, you treat them with respect. You do the same with gods. Doesn't mean I worship them. Um, I just know they're there. Neck hurting. Oh, yeah. Oh, Afflicted. 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 Um, but now I work with, um, the queen of the other world and the Lord of the other world. Um, and that just works so much better. And I don't have to believe in them or have faith in them. I just know them and I have to just know that they're there. And then, so I mentioned like druidry and sorcery, the sorcery is going to visit them is, is working on the alchemical principles that create the environment for us to share a space where the other world becomes part of this world and this world becomes part of the other world, where I thin the veil with alchemy, you know, and, and sorceress works so that that communication can happen so that the journey can take place. But the Druidry influences then how I interact with them. So rather than making it a transactional approach to spirit work, it becomes a reciprocal approach to spirit work. And, um, it's taken taken a year to get there because I was lost at the beginning and I've had to strip other things away, you know. Um I had a bit of burnout and you know that's affected mental health as as still kind of going through this burnout process where I'm trying to grasp things back and, and step away from things without feeling bad about it. And um you know, and that's still hard, that's still difficult. There's a new job in tow, you know, and the druidry was something that I fell back on a lot, mm. but it got kind of screwed up and tied in with other things you know um recently i've said about the pulling christianity away from me a bit because you know a lot of my friends go to church a lot of people i know are catholic my other half is catholic you know my my job is for the salvation army there's a lot of god in that and it's about stripping that away sometimes to realize what i'm doing in that context yeah because although i have respect for it i don't worship and i don't practice and um it can be really hard like when i went to toaster and um a while back and father james 
um, asked about the ring I wear, which is an Arwen. And he said, what's that? And I explained the Arwen to him. And he went, why don't you just come to church? Because you get it. And I went, it's not the point. Because I'm not going to swap one type of mythology for another. And he went, well, it's a bit more than mythology. I went, not really. I said, and you're under some sort of illusion that, you know, I've described the Arwen and it's the same. I said, it's not. I've just put it into language that you will understand. And then Wayne piped up and said, yeah, you should just come to church. And I just thought, this is why. This is the reason why I strip it all away and just look at the fact of what you do and what I do. And, you know, and um, and I was like, because this isn't now uncomfortable. The conversation I didn't mind having, didn't mind having a conversation about that at all. But now you've, all, you're, you're bordering on disrespectful because you're effectively going, ditch what you've worked on for all these years and just come to church. It's the same yeah, thing. It's... When actually... It really fucking isn't. And that's the been biggest a shame really, with, um, really hard thing this past year. Yeah. It's the biggest shame with like Christian faith. I get it. But it's like, it's that flock mentality. We all have to be part of the flock. Mm. You know, you think similar things to us, be part of our flock. It's like, no, you're entitled to your own sovereignty. Yeah, And you know me, sovereignty is massive, absolutely massive in um, in the theology that I have. It's a huge part of it. And... You know, the whole premise of the king and queen of the other world is this sovereignty and this. So people are like, that's the Lord and Lady, that's the God and Goddess. And it's like, no, it isn't. It's that they're the king and queen. That's literally it, because they're the hierarchy of this place yeah. works that way. You could make them deific. That would not be wrong. But you wouldn't call her a goddess and you wouldn't call him a god because they are a king and a queen. They are They are their titles. And when you refer to somebody, you refer to them by their name or their title. Mm. You, you you refer to there's power in a name. If yeah. they've only given you their title, you refer to them as your majesty, and that's it. Because you're in that pecking order as much as they are. So okay, so just for my own personal clarification, because I'm interested, and you don't have to answer and you can't tell me to go fuck myself, but I hope you don't. But I see what you're gonna do. Um you used to really i mean i was gonna say you used to have a thing that's ridiculous and a stupid way of saying it but you used to worship dionysus so where does that fall with all this have you kind of let that go now no because there's still the hardcore polytheist in me that okay. would acknowledge him okay if i like if i went to greece and i was trying to get to the other world and say hypnos the god of dreams answered the phone oh, deja vu. Oh. um i would um i would realize that someone there has heard my call and answered. A, you know, a god has stepped in. That's fine. I'm in their in their house making a phone call. Yeah. You know, and the line has just been intercepted because I'm too far away, maybe, or because I'm somewhere where, you know, someone else has gone. Oh, actually, I can help you with that. You know, my place as a polytheist is not to turn around and go, "I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to someone." Else. That's rude. Yes. <laughs> That's really rude. But like, you know? he, Dionysus was your patron. Yeah, for Not a long any, time. So was Nyx. Not anymore, um, though. No. No. Because they were patrons within my Thelemic practice. Right. Not Druidry. So if I ever did Druidry, I never prayed to Dionysus and Nyx. Never. If I did secular magic and I needed a god's intervention, it would be Dionysus or Nyx. 
which is not really secular magic, but you know what I'm getting at. I know. Um, magic divorced from the druidry. Yes. Um, then I juiced Dionysus and Nyx. So they never became part of my druid practice. Mm. Now that I've stepped away from the other things, uh, the druid practice has come forward. The theology there is that there's the king and queen of the other world. You know, that's where magic comes from. That's where spirits come from. Um, I can travel there. It's the land of fae. Uh, it's the fairy realm or whatever. Um, it's all, all very weird, but like it's literally the other world where mm. the, the rules are very different. Um, maybe the afterlife. What I don't care. Whatever. Whatever you think. Um, however, I know that the gods still exist. But that's this eternal plane. And that's this spiritual plane. And that's this... You know, the, there's the gods of the land and the genus loci. I don't deny them. That's the holly, the holly, no, the hardcore polytheist in me would still venerate them if they turned up. Um, however, the the ones that I would go to, my stock go to um, spirits would be the king queen. But bearing in mind, even though I say that nine times out of ten, I never get to them. Like a handmaiden will turn up or an attendant will turn up and be like, I got your message. I'll tell her later. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, and they're bigger than you're like, oh, just love to. Just, it's really difficult to put into words. But like turning up through trance work, going to the other world, being there, and then an attendant of the, the queen of the other world turning up. They're huge. They're just huge. And not just like, it's when somebody steps into a room and you feel so little. Have you ever been somewhere where this, yeah. like, for example, gorgeous bloke walks into a room, but he's also got that air of power and authority, and you just turn into a quivering mess and you've got to ask this person a question? No, I turn into a predator. <laughs> <laughs> the need to corrupt immediately takes over. The thing is, they're. But no, I know what you mean. Yeah, they're the one that would. Seriously, you shrink in their presence. Yeah, you literally shrink in their presence. You have every right to be there. Yeah, but they just have an air of authority. Where it's that you moment just in the devil where, where's Prada, where she turns up at work and everyone starts like running around and disappearing and like. Yeah, that's literally it. Yeah. She's not actually, you know, she has no power. She just is authoritative. Yeah, you know, and it's not that she has no power. It, it just so like an attendant would turn up, and I'm just like. You're not even the queen, and you you have all this air, and you're gonna say, "Yeah, I've heard your message. I will take it forward." And I'm like, "Okay, you know, it's amazing." Um, I wish I could articulate it. It's so difficult to articulate. No, I know what you mean because I have the, we have the same thing um, in Catholicism with uh, the saints. You know, mm. we we pray to them because we know that they're one step closer to the divine than we are. So they will take my petition just that little bit further, and especially yeah. the ones who. Um, like the core apostles and things like that, those that have a relationship with Jesus directly are more likely that, I mean, all prayers get heard, but they know Jesus. So they can go and be like, and like this, there's a situation going on. Can I just give you this just ahead of the queue? Can you just sign this? For yeah. Me? yeah. But when they turn up, they turn up with authority. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, that's really you. Okay. Any power that a, a saint has, um, and I'm not just talking about the canonized saints. I'm talking about like anyone who's dead and has gone to heaven. We're all saints, but like anyone who's transitioned in that way has power bestowed on them by God. So in that immediate aspect, you've got authority. Or if an angel turned up, 
Yeah, it, it is like that. An angel turned up, yeah. and you're like, oh, I, I, yeah, you you're have, here. You have you're divine definitely authority. here, aren't you? Okay, yeah. Um, I can't remember what I was talking about before we went on to this tangent. Just shit. <laughs> Just shit. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of where words. I am now. That's kind of where I am now. Cool. In this, in this position whereby my theology is definitely refined. And where are you, you know. going next? Um, so there's this thing isn't there like doing magic for magic's sake yes and uh you know i i've gone the other way whereby i'm like oh i don't do any now <laughs> i don't do anything at all and then i'm like oh shit wait there was a really big thing that just happened what was that and it turns out to be a sabbath like and the I'm wizards like, from terry oh Pratchett. shit never do magic yeah never do it so i've kind of gone the wrong way and ended up not doing anything at all mm-hmm. and completely neglected the fact that there are sabbaths there and i'm like oh wait Maybe that was the time when I should have done something, mm. you know, and it doesn't have to be a spell. It just has to be something, yeah. um, which is the joy of ritual, you know, that that's literally it. So I'm just like, ah, okay. So at the moment I'm in the process of uh, working out the mythology that, that is, that my practice is built upon, you know? Um, so I've got the celestial things like Orion, and Botez, so the hunter becoming the herdsman and, and things like that. So this time of year when the spirits come back and the animals come out of hibernation and such, it's because Botez, the the herdsman and the, the bear caller, is actually becoming prominent in the sky as Orion, the hunter, is disappearing from our skies. So, you know, the trees are waking up, the animals are coming back. And I like that. I really, really like that. And it, it chases away all the stuff that was previous from, you know, the appropriation of the Welsh language as Mabon in, you know, things. And Lunasa, don't worship Lou. So why would I do Lunasa as, you yeah. know, I get the bread thing. But then I would, you know, I would probably work with Jack of the Field because that's a spirit that exists in my ecology and you know around me there would be jack of the wood and there's you know jack of the green and all these things and yeah. i'd be like so it would make sense you know and jack barleycorn is it jack barleycorn or john barleycorn john barleycorn john barleycorn, john barleycorn is um sacrificed yes at that time of year so why would i work with lou yeah i'd work with jack john i'd work with all of them you know or I'd make some mead <laughs> and it would be, you know, so yeah, it, it's just one of those things. I'm trying to work on the ecology of the land to, you know, to influence my craft and my practice. And, oh, that's uh, good. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm doing at the moment and tying it back into the seasonal festivals mm. because there's the, the summer, midsummer, midwinter, they're easy. You know, the uh, spring and autumn, they're easy. It's the cross-quarter ones that are more difficult. Mm. Beltane's quite straightforward and Samhain's quite straightforward. Um, and, and they're actually things. Um, and there's lots of things in the UK and around me that, you know, around us that you can pull from to make them appropriate to literally the land beneath your feet. Yeah. Um, That's the thing, isn't it? People neglect their own uh, local folklore and their own um, historical references because mm. it's easier just to go, oh, Samhain. Yeah, I'm and, a real pagan because I, I, mean, I worship. I work with sound. Like, but look, you're not. You don't come from those areas where that name is applicable. Yeah, and I'm also like, I'm talking about like writing this mythology. I can come up with something new. 
Yeah. It doesn't matter. I don't have to have huge historical references. Mm. I don't have to. It just has to be a tradition that yeah. I do, yeah. you know, and I just have to relate it to my practice, you know, and if I want to do spirit work and sorcery at the time, then that's what I'll do. And if that's a core of my beliefs, then that's a core of my beliefs. You have a problem with it? Shove it up your arm. We don't. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Um, we don't effort. like a lot of the old festival practices. They were community driven. And again, they served purpose. So you would, um, like, for example, at the Bieltana, you would light bonfires and you would cleanse your cattle and you would jump over fertility fires and things like this. There were, there were purposes. Porpoises. <laughs> there were poor pie. There were poor pie. Um, there were reasons and purposes behind all this stuff. Well, a lot of people are solitary practitioners nowadays. And if they're not, they have very small groups that they work with. Um you don't need to do these things. You can make your festivals more applicable to you as a person and an individual. Yeah, exactly. If you're not a farmer, don't do a farm thing. Yeah. If you, if you have absolutely no tie to the agricultural life, if you live in the centre of London and the closest you have to being tied to the agriculture around you is you have a jasmine pot plant in your living room, then don't worry too much about it. No. Exactly. And and work from something that you can, you know, tangibly acknowledge yeah. that happens every year. You know, find something. There are a hundred million things out there. And, you know, you, we're not actually that divorced from nature. You know, a, a city has as much nature in it as a woodland. It's yeah. just different. Yeah, exactly. I found out something the other day that the pigeons in um, in cities and towns are rock pigeons, which would have lived on cliffs and hmm. rocky outcrops, which are pretty much just buildings. Yeah. They're just rocks. You know, so they're they're rock pigeons. As opposed to wood them, pigeons. As opposed to wood pigeons that live in the woods. Hmm. And I was just like, and it, it for a minute, I was just like, wait, wait a minute. Wait. So they just think that these are rocks. Basically. And I'm thinking, but they are rocks. They're just concrete and yeah. clay turned into bricks, which is just rocks. And I was like, so they're still rock pigeons. They don't then become magically become building pigeons. They're just rock pigeons that live on rocks that have been shaped into homes. I was like, that's really cool. Whereas in places like here, like at your house, it'd be a wood pigeon because there's a tree behind your house where it sits yes. and roosts, as opposed to a rock pigeon, which roosts in a building. And I was like, so nature adapts completely to what's around you. Yes. So, and around it. Yes. Um, I'm doing something similar to you. I'm trying to redefine my yearly kind of celebratory practice, I suppose, because I've got a whole fuck ton of Catholic festivals to learn. <laughs> and Saints Day. Oh, no. Saints days. Oh, Have you got a, a patron saint? I do That's not, but I'm getting closer to it. Are you? I'm narrowing it down. Ah. Um, I've been kind of leaving it open to see who speaks to me. And then I noticed that um, the name John kept on coming up a lot. There's been a lot of John. Unintentional John. The car park I always park in. That sounds like a bad grinder day. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> um, the car park I park in for work is St. John's Car Park. Mm -hmm. The holy well I go to is St. John's Well. Mm -hmm. um, 
there's just there's a lot there's just a lot there's been other things as well that you know all tie back to john or there's references to john and i'm like oh okay so then it was which john oh yeah because <laughs> the john i go to well the the well i go to is the well of saint john the baptist right um but then there were also is one an apostle yeah you've got john the apostle john the apostle uh john the evangelist who was the uh, beloved apostle of jesus who rest, used to rest his head on Jesus's chest? Oh, and there's this thing that there he might have been a lover. Well, of I Jesus think they must have been lovers. Yeah, doesn't mean to wasn't... say it was raunchy, passionate bum sex. It just means that, like, <laughs> I mean, why not? But well, it could have been like a deep platonic love. But there was gay love at that was time in that area of love. the world. So um, you must be a fucking idiot not to realise that. So I'm not mad about it, but. Um, <laughs> So I've been trying to kind of refine, like, who. And then today, the homily was about John the Baptist and about the kind of person he was and the way he used to do things. And, you know, I love it. He was a mad, he was a mad bastard. God, I love him. Yeah. He wore animal skins and ate, like, crickets. Yeah, him, um, him. Like, the, the story of John the Baptist is probably, probably the only one I kind of like. And I, I love that he um, spoke his truth. He's mm. very honest. Mm. And through no authority of anyone apart from God decided he would start baptizing people. Yeah. Like no one said, you can't do that. I'm no. sure people did say that to him. But like no one said, oh, you have the authority of. of well, he was killed, wasn't he? Status quo. Yeah, he had his head locked off. Yeah. But like the head of the no one said, you know, oh, you have power to baptize people. He just did it. And then he baptised Jesus, which I think is brilliant. So that, to me, like, when people are like, oh, you can't do that, only priests can. I'm like, no, sorry. Because priests get their power from God. So why do they have God's favour and I don't? If we're all equal and we're all just people and we're all just lambs, yeah. you know. So yeah. there is a big pull to me towards John the Baptiste. The Baptiste. The Baptiste. So, um, yeah, where are we going with this? Why did you ask me that? Oh, uh, St. John the Baptist, <laughs> his feast day falls on the summer solstice. It does, you're quite right. Mm. Um, and apparently, in the book I'm reading at the moment, Wished Waters by Gemma Gary. Um, <laughs> Love it. She mentions that it's a common belief, because there's quite a few John the Baptist holy wells dotted around. Yeah. Yeah, there are. Um, on his feast day, as I'm sure it is on most feast days of saints, um, the holy wells attributed to them, their power is um, magnified. 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 Amazing. So that's cool. Um, so I do feel like it'll probably end up being John the Baptist. Yeah. You got St. John's wort in your garden? No, but I might have to. Because that's his. Cool. Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah. Yeah, so, so I, I, uh, yeah. our journeys have been quite cool because certainly we're certainly not now where we were when we started this no. podcast. I'm also trying to implement um, because animism, animismism, um, is such a big thing. I mean, now I'm at a point now where I just see everything as like God's spirit. I mean, I'm not saying things don't have their own individual spirit. I have my own individual spirit, but I appreciate that God also moves through me as He does everyone else. Oh, okay, so yeah. Um, so. When I work with herbs, 
and things like that. I mean, there's this whole thing, isn't there, about spiritual allies, and, you know, you've got to cultivate relationships with these allies. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. It's such a bone of contention, it's, isn't it? Oh, it's just... Oh. It's a little... I think... So, I, I find it a little bit woolly and namby-pamby. What, what I did this year, and what I think I'm going to do, and a tradition that I want to pick up and make part of my practice, mm -hmm. is wassailing. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I nearly went to a wassail actually last week. Oh really? Yeah, I, I I just got caught out and I didn't get home in time and then forgot that it, I was like, ah, oh, everything happened at once and I couldn't get so there. So what I did out. was on the feast day of Saint John, the Apostle. Yeah. Which is the twenty seventh of December. Um, I there is a tradition that you get wine blessed and then that wine has healing properties. Um, I did not have wine. I had mead. And I didn't go to a priest to get it blessed because I wasn't sure how well it would be received. Mm -hmm. Turns out very well received. Mm. Um, so I blessed it myself. Yeah. Um, I then took it to my local woodlands and I wassailed the woods. Kill. So, um, and then when I get my garden up and going and I've got crops, come the summer solstice for the feast day of St. John the Baptist, I will then... Um, wassail my garden and any crops i may have so that's going to be my way of giving blessings to i suppose the indweller and local land spirits and that's it mm. like i'm not gonna sit there and thank every herb i pick and whatever because at the end of the day i'm helping the plant maintain itself by harvesting yeah. and I, it is a reciprocal relationship but i'm giving you a blessing every six months mm. effectively on the time of a solstice so or a roundabout so in my mind and with my practice that's fine that'll do mm. that'll do pig so yeah <laughs> so that's one tradition that i've already set in place that i'm going yeah. to do and that's how i'm going to show my appreciation for what is effectively god's garden oh that's clever isn't it so yes Mm. So this year for me is going to be similar to you. I'm going to be reaffirming my understanding of what my wheel of the year looks like and setting yeah. in place other practices. Like, for example, uh, the rosary. The rosary. The rosary. The rosary. Ah. Father. Um, I want to start. I've heard amazing things, amazing testimonies of people that pray the rosary four times a day. It's a lot. It I appreciate lot. that's a lot. Um, I want to give it a go, though. Mm. So that's something that I want to try and do. So that's going to be my year. Yeah. you got to start somewhere. Yeah. you got to start somewhere. And you know what? If it doesn't work out, fuck it. Give up. <laughs> Why not? The world is full of quitters. Absolutely. Who make their life better by quitting smoking, drinking, drugs, and abuse. The world is full of quitters. And it makes the world better. Yes. I'm such an advocate for that. <laughs> turning things upside down um yeah love it love it and yeah agree with you i think it needs to be i think there needs to be more engagement like in my in myself and in my own thing like i'm now engaging with the obod community i'm now engaging with the adf community i'm now engaging with this community and that community and they're, they're because i've stepped my ass back um and realized the things that i actually really want you know, um, 
You stepped your ass back and leveled your pussy up. I did. Bam. Yeah. Bam. And you know, it's 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 good. It's good. We've got the thing at PTG. We've got so much. And there's there's so many opportunities coming up, and there's so many opportunities to grow other opportunities. So I'm just thinking, you know, this is where I wanted years ago my jewelry to take me, and you know, that's not through any thought of sort of selfish self gratification. I just wanted to be able to be a person that that did this in a way that was of service to the community. That's all I've ever wanted to do. Like, like my job is literally of service mm -hmm. to the community. I provide training for people who want it, who need it, who ask for it. That's nice. It's not me being in a position of like, do as you're told. Yeah. It's actually me in a position of service. Like at any point, if somebody, like, I'm there for people to ring and call. That's, that's my job. When people apologize and go, I'm so sorry to bother you. I'm like, don't be stupid. It's my job. That's nice. It's my response every time. Because that's the point. Yeah. We had that. So today um, at church, Father Mark, at uh, the end of the homily, um, did kind of cry out. Well, he didn't cry out. It wasn't like a... <laughs> um, <laughs> he, um, he did a little speech about how he would love for more people within the, ch the church to get involved. So they yeah. need more readers. They need people to get involved. They've got... Uh, they would love to re uh, restart the... So like the kiddie group so like um i think around the time of sorry <laughs> so, sorry sorry did your mind go to a dark so place sorry sorry um, so sorry don't apologize just the um, way you said it but like I'm yeah, sorry but like so someone comes collects the children um takes them into the sacristy and then during the homily and all that a little bit kind of explains whatever the particular reading is about and kind of breaks it down in a way that a little bit of sunday school yeah right um and then brings the kids back in lovely undamaged unharmed as they were when they went in yeah yeah it's all right you don't have to i, I don't care whatever um yeah. but yeah so they're looking for uh for people for that and they're looking for people to be readers and yeah. whatever and there was this kind of real outcry and i thought ooh. I mean, I'm not a Catholic yet. I have to be confirmed first and actually mm. join the club and get my membership card and my loyalty points and unlock my ability to fly. See, I think it's different in, in paganism, though. It's really different in paganism because people kind of do this thing. So when I was last at PTG, yes. there was this bloke there. Um, I told you about him, didn't I? And he, stepped, he, he uh, ate into my presentation time. Oh, really yes, him. Cocked me off. Um, and then before he left, he made a derogatory comment about the kilt I was wearing. Yes. And I was just like, I, I, I will just own you, please. I'm on my best behaviour because I'm the new kid. But don't push or I will just snap at you and make you look a complete cunt in front of all these people. I don't care. Mm. Don't care. You've been playing this game a long time. You think you're clever. You're showing your cards more than I'm showing mine. So don't fucking play this game. And then... Um, then I went to <laughs> I went to his ritual, and I've said this to you before. With the grove, what we had um, in that grove, and all that study that we did over those years, we've been thoroughly spoiled because this was a group of fifty people who got to a point where they were quite adept at what they were doing. You know, so when you're in a place like PTG and you've got a guy like that who's in it for the ego, yeah, you know, he's in it because he's trying to sell books. 
he's in it because he's trying to do this, trying to do that, trying to do the other. Whereas I'm there for free, you know, I didn't get any money. I got 20 quid to pay for petrol. That's all I got. Absolutely fine. I didn't get my drinks bought for me. I didn't get any food paid for me. I didn't get nothing. I turned up, I delivered a talk and a workshop. I got paid 20 quid petrol money and I went home, right? It gave me exposure. That's all. And everybody knew who I was anyway because they'd listened to the podcast or they'd been on my Instagram. They all knew who I were. They were just like, Clinton. They knew who I were. Who I were. Who I were. It's because I, I was in Uneaton. And um, <laughs> I just thought, you, it was uh, Janet Farrah's husband okay. who picked a fight. And I was just like, dude, what the, what the actual, you know? And um, I just thought, this is the person I don't want to be. And this is unfortunately the demographic that I see the most of. Mm. These people in paganism who turn up, who have something to say. Granted, you have something to say, I think that's marvellous. You have real gifts to give the community, but you have a price tag. And I'm thinking, get a job, get a day job, keep a day job. You know, I book my holiday to do events for other people. I'm not really fussed about getting paid. Really not. Because the the way I see it is that if people turn up to learn something, I have a responsibility then to uh, see this is the Druidry stepping forward, isn't it? If you have something to give, you have the responsibility to give it. Um, and that's it. So you, you're always giving of yourself. That, that way, you know, you always pay it forward. Always. Um, that's good. So much of the pagan community you have these people i think it's less so now i think the reciprocity thing stepping right up but um you know so many places whereby it's just the it just isn't there it's just some dude or some woman with an ego who just you know yeah i get it's your job and that's your living you're making your living but there's a line i think we're gonna have to we'll do an episode on aesthetic because i think a lot of this ties into aesthetic Oh, the, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The aesthetics, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I think that's about it. All right, then. One. Let's wrap it up. Shall we wrap it up? Let's wrap it up. How do we wrap it up? Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Move! Um, okay, so you can find us on Instagram at Shove It Up Your Arwen. You can find us on Anchor, on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Google Podcasts. We're everywhere. You can find us on... We're in your homes. We're in your dreams. Yes. I'm in your room. Look behind you. Um, yeah, we're pretty much everywhere. You can Google us and we turn up on podcasts and all the rest of it. So, yeah, you can find us and listen to our previous episodes. But, yeah, that's it. And we're open to suggestions for more episodes. We are open to suggestions for more episodes. Um, mm. We have a few opportunities for some guests. Yes. But, um, yeah, we need to get those arranged. So this year will be quite interesting. It's good. And uh, thank you so much for supporting the first season. And we look forward to a long and prosperous second season. Absolutely. Well, it won't be long. It'll stop in December like this one. Yeah. Sort it. Whatever. Whatever. Marvellous. All right, then. Love you, bye. Love you, bye.